0: Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Grip for 60 podcast, trade bait edition. My name's Connor Farrell, you can call me TC, and I am joined from the independent alligator Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. And uh, the TSN trade bait list was recently released, and headlining it was Winnipeg's own Patrick Line.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think we all sort of figured that uh, the Jets would have to move a winger. Whether or not Line is the right one is up for discussion. So he was actually number five on their trade bait list but he's probably the biggest name on it.
0: Uh, I certainly think it makes sense for Patrick Laine to be on this list. I mean, mostly because he's got a year left on his deal. And if the Jets were going to keep him, they're going to have to pay him. And then the question becomes, well, they've got other needs to fill that they need to spend that money on. So w- instead of letting his contract uh, just expire, they could get a pretty good return for Patrick Laine, I would think to the right bidder. Uh, So it certainly makes sense. What do you, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I I think part of it is just that Patrick line is kind of a confusing player and that like his value is just in his goal scoring abilities. Like he doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table other than that. Like that does make it difficult to evaluate just simply how good Patrick line is. And if you think that, you know, his goal-scoring abilities aren't enough to make up for other areas of the game. And teams still have a really high evaluation of Patrick Line a. I could see how that would make sense, especially if you can get one of those rare top-pairing defensemen in return. I was
0: going to say Line A for Gosses Bear then, um, but I don't know if the Flyers really need
1: another winger. And also, they're not shipping him out for a guy who's a healthy scratch.
0: Whoa. I mean, that's mostly because of the Flyers roster situation. It's not because Gossett's plays at a healthy scratch level, um, but also because Gossett's isn't a stay-at-home defenseman, which also, I guess, really isn't what the Jets need. The Jets don't really need another offensively-minded defenseman.
1: Well, I mean, you also just kind of are basically saying that you would want a team to trade their number seven defenseman for a top six winger. Correct. (sighs) (laughs) See,
0: this is just something that off the top of my head, because I know Shane bear is also on this trade bait list. Um, And he's a defenseman. So I'm, you know, he's got some of the most talent on that list. I think as far as um, defenseman you could trade for. Uh, Chris Letang is an interesting one though. I don't know. I don't know why Pittsburgh would think about
1: moving him. Who do you think they might be able to actually get? I mean, I think that like it'd be kind of fun to do like a one for one out of like these defensemen on this list. Like I was just thinking about it. I don't know if this would even make sense, but like a one for one between uh I mean, like it wouldn't make sense because of their ages, but I was just thinking of like a Patrick Linea Chris Letang swap it would be yeah. kind of funny.
0: That would only really make sense if the Jets think that they can win immediately if
1: they bring in Chris Latang. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Right. And um, the other thing was Pierre LeBrun thought that he wrote an article in The Athletic uh, a few days ago about how uh, one of the teams that could be interested in line A is Carolina. Because it would sort of be like that perfect trade partner of, okay, Carolina needs – some more goal scoring on the wings and they need pure goal, goal scorers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the jets need pretty much anything. That's not a winger at this point. So therefore, if you could swap line a for one of Carolina's defensemen, like, yeah, like they're good trade partners for each other, but he does kind of go into it in that uh, Dougie Hamilton is great, but he only has one year left. And we all kind of know Winnipeg's history with free agency, right? Like you don't want to get yourself into uh, Paul Stastny part two. So I get that. And then he said, okay, what if uh, Carolina trades Brett Pesci? And that makes sense and all, but he's signed for four years at a little bit over four. So like a really good contract for a good defenseman. So, you know, maybe Caroline doesn't want to trade that. And so what he came up with was if both of those are off the table, you could end up with a trade package of Jake Gardner or Brady Shea along with Vinny Troschak. And I'm like, that is just a bunch of garbage. Yeah,
0: none of those players are players that I would want to get in return for Patrick Laine. And I think this is the issue I run into with trying to trade Patrick Laine is if you're worried about cap space, the types of players that you would want to get back for Patrick Laine are also not going to save you the money that you would save by getting rid of Patrick Line. Does that make sense? And I yeah. think you would run into that issue no matter, no matter what. Um, and I guess that would be my, my question would be, well, does Carolina have the cap space to re-sign Patrick Laine after this after the contract is up. Or does that not matter? Are they just going like, yeah, we'll trade for Patrick Laine as a rental?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really looked into the Hurricanes cap space after this season or, or next season or whatever. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. I thought that was an interesting trade candidate because it does make sense.
0: Yeah. Boy, the, the headlines for Laine for Hamilton, one for one would be something when the the, the news coverage you
1: get on that. Oh sure. Like if you could get Dougie to sign an extension in Winnipeg, like that yeah. would be a great trade because Dougie Hamilton, if he had stayed healthy, would have won the Norris this year.
0: Does does Winnipeg have enough museums for Dougie Hamilton? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if Carolina has any centers they would move? Well
1: uh LeBrun brought up Vinny Trochek. And it was just eh. like, eh. But he was like, well, if you if you do Trochek and one of Carolina's lesser defensemen, right? Like, you're filling in for your 2C. Yeah. Which I'm, I don't know really how... I don't know. I don't do know you really want Trochek
0: as a 2C, though?
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying.
0: Is he that much of an upgrade over Andrew Kopp or Adam Lowry?
1: Or Blake Wheeler? <laughs> Well, Blake Wheeler, I thought played well
0: as as a center.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I'm but. saying. I like I'm, I don't think that like that's a big enough uh, yeah upgrade to make what up for the fact have. that you traded Patrick Line for depth races. Right.
0: And I'll say this as well. You know, you mentioned how almost all of Line's value is in his goal scoring, but I I will say he he did show a little bit more depth this season than we've seen in the past as far as uh, playing a complete game. Uh, And I wonder if other NHL teams see that
1: as well. Uh, I wonder if that would raise his um, trade value. I'm not necessarily opposed to moving line A, but it would have to be for the right move. Yes, and that was going to be my next question. would Would you, in an ideal situation, would you like to keep line A or trade him? I mean, I'm keeping... I'm not moving line A just to move line A, you know? Um, if I'm moving line A, like... And it's it's not going to be to slightly patch up uh, the 2C role and, you know, a, a depth defenseman, right? Like, if I'm trading line right. A, I want either, you know, one of these rebuilding teams, like their super high first-round pick this year, Or Mm. I am going to want, you know, a legit top-pairing defenseman or a legit, like, really good second-line center. Like, you know, one of those 1A, 1B guys.
0: Right. Well, and I I guess trading, the the thing about trading for draft picks, I kind of like the idea, but at the same time, Winnipeg used a high draft pick to get him, right? So if you're trading him for a high draft pick in return, you're not really getting anything from the fact that you hit on this really high draft pick, like that should increase that value. Um, And so trading it for another really high draft pick doesn't really make a lot of sense to me just from a value perspective. Like if, if you draft high and you hit the way the jets did on Patrick line, and that value doesn't go up between the time you drafted him
1: and the time you trade him, what did you really get? No, like that totally makes sense. I was just throwing that out there. Like, I mean, to me, like, if you're trading in Gline, like, anything and everything should be on the table.
0: Mm.
1: But speaking of the draft, one of the th- I-, I tweeted about this from our account was I was looking at an ESPN mock draft for the NHL, and they had Winnipeg taking, uh, I believe it was Alexander Holtz, a right winger. And my thing was, okay if you have decided that you're going to trade a, a one of your wingers, which I think is probably the right idea here. Yes. It would make it a lot easier for you to do that. If you just draft another winger at 10. So, you know, cause the article brought up, like we get it, like the jets have a bunch of depth on the wing already, and it's not really one of their needs, but I kind of took that and I thought about it and I was like, okay, but if you're trading a winger and you draft another winger you know you just kind of you know yeah. you just sort of patch it up like real quick real nicely with a whole lot of team control still
0: i i get that but i think the need is much more pressing in the other areas of the team and I, I i don't think you can just say well we're going to trade away a winger so we got to replace him well organization you got to look You can't look at using this uh, draft pick to solve problems for this season. You have to look at using this draft pick to solve problems in the future. And I don't see a whole lot as far as... I would just feel a lot more comfortable knowing how many wingers this team has and how many centers this team has or how many defensemen this team has and say, yeah, we need to stockpile centers and defensemen.
1: No, like, that makes sense. I was just thinking about that, like, as a way to sort of still keep some wing depth. I don't know. If, yeah, like, but like, I do like that. I'm like, saying that if, if the best player available is a winger, you know, That's it makes a it a whole lot if. better to pick a winger when you already have some, like, pretty big holes. If you've already traded one away in order to patch those holes, you know. I don't know. I don't like it. All right. Uh, we're going to pause here for a quick message from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're anything like me, and you're just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect what's below the belt. Luckily, Manscaped has us covered. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball-hair trimmer ever created, and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also agreed to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code THPN, let me repeat, THPN, at manscaped.com your balls will thank you
0: and we're back talking a little bit about uh trade bait pieces so also on that article from tsn on possible trade bait uh was our boy nick ellers well not Not, we don't we don't know not actually a friend of the pod but we you know nick ellers if you were listening to this and you would like to show up on our podcast please do you know if we just call him
1: friend of the pod enough we'll finally get him Speak it
0: into existence,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. So, so I don't Nick Ellers. Really,
0: yeah, I don't really understand
1: the thought process here as far as why
0: you would trade Nick Ellers away. It looks, sounded like on the, the article, the reasoning was that the Jets, well, it's what we've been talking about for a while, and that the Jets need to trade a winger to get a little bit more balance and get either a defenseman or some center depth or something um, because they've got too many wingers. And Nick Ellers is on a good contract and he could get um, a pretty good return if you trade him. I have a problem with that logic. And that logic is if you already have a player who is producing at high, high level for your team and you can admit he's on a team friendly contract through 2024 why are you trading
1: that yeah that was that was pretty much my take on that like yes is the fact that a good player on a good contract you know, like, like does that mean that they have a whole lot of value right now yes yes but the fact that they have a whole lot of value right now means that they also provide a whole lot of value to your team correct and for me, what that usually means
0: is whatever you're trading them for, is not going to produce the same cost-efficient value as what you're getting. You probably have to overpay in most cases. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, you know? right.
1: You know, because you don't want to, you don't wanna end up in a uh, Taylor hall for Adam Larson one-for-one one sort of deal.
0: Yeah, I I just don't I don't understand why you would trade that away. I mean, and maybe it's because. You know where Nick Eller stands on this podcast. Um, I like I thoroughly enjoy watching him play, and I guess we the conversation with Nick Ellers goes much the same way it would with Patrick Liney because they're, they they fill a very similar
1: uh, need. I don't really know about that. I mean, they're two like totally different players, right? But if if you're looking at, I guess Liney is more of a
0: scorer, whereas. Mellors is a a play driver. Play yeah. Two way forward. Um,
1: well, my thing would be like, I, I don't know if you were getting at this, is that, but like, yes, trading either of them would be trying to accomplish the same goal. Yes. Like, like, the idea behind anything that the Jets do with their roster this year is how do we get it so that we have better roster balance? Right, like our defensive depth is tragic and the center depth isn't a whole lot better, but we have a ridiculous amount of talent on the wings. So how do we fix that? Right, like that has to be the thing that motivates everything that the Jets do this offseason. Right, so like signing Dylan DeMello in free agency, that will help yes. with... Part of the defensive issue. Do I sign Dylan that... <laughs> Demelo?
0: Sign Dylan Demelo for exactly enough terms so that the guy said he's going to be
1: bagging groceries in two years is wrong. Yeah. Sign Dylan DeMello, though I don't think that he's a he should be a top pairing defenseman. But <laughs> hey, this is that's, the Jets. That's a whole nother problem. So right, like that could help, but I think you still have to address either a bringing in another really good like legit top pairing defenseman or bringing in a legit number two center and in order to do that really the best way they're going to have to do it considering that they really don't have any draft picks this year unless they want to move 10 is to trade a winger so yes ellers could be part of that but again like the only way i'm moving ellers like again i know that we're big ellers stands here but the only way i'm moving ellers is if somebody offers me like a legit top parent defenseman in return yeah who's like young and is under team control for a while like if yeah. you want to swap young team controlled assets i would be kind of okay with that
0: ellers for larson who says no
1: uh the jets do <laughs> I said, I said. I saw a, Adam Larson on the, the trade bait list, and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I said. I said a young team-controlled asset, and I don't think Adam Larson is either of those. 27's young, not I mean, for a hockey player, but it's young. Uh, okay, here we go. Rasmus Ristolainen is on the, the trade bait list, so I guess that fulfills my 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 niche here, that category. I'm, ju- I'm just I'm just kidding. Rasmus Ristolainen is not do, good.
0: Do not trade for Rasmus. He's got a 5 million cap hit. He plays at a replacement level.
1: Yeah, but he's right handed and he has six goals. I don't
0: care. Then let him trade for Adam Larson. He's got a smaller cap hit.
1: Yeah, but I mean, come on.
0: <laughs>
1: he's he's Adam Larson. Adam Larson had six points last year. He must be trash, my dude. Christopher Tang. Yeah, that was a pretty terrible
0: Pierre Maguire impression. <laughs> Christopher Latang. Is that better? Or is that the same? It's about the same. It just doesn't sound right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Ready? Line A for Oliver Ekman Larson. No.
1: Just no. Like, Ekman Larson went from, like, criminally underrated and underpaid to, like, Overrated and over, like super overpaid, pretty much in the span of like two years.
0: The only one on this list that I would honestly trade either of those players for is Dougie Hamilton.
1: Right. And the problem is that he only has one year left. Right. So, yeah, like if you can, if you can convince him to stay in Winnipeg, that would be great. I mean, it's weird that teams keep trading a good defenseman in Dougie Hamilton, but. I he's would a argue nerd. he's not one of the boys. Yeah. I mean, listen, are you saying that Boston trading a young player for like no reason was, was a bad idea? Like, have we never seen that before? Stares at Joe Thornton, Joe Thornton, Tyler Sagan, <laughs> Doug Hamilton, Phil Castle, Blake Wheeler. They've, they've got a history Yuck. of that. I'm, exactly. just that uh, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. Boston is not a team that evaluates young assets very well, historically.
0: Vince Dunn is on this list, and it looks like he's an RFA. Is he worth trading
1: for his rights? Vince Dunn is very good. I don't know if... I don't think that... Uh, well, actually, uh, that could be interesting,
0: because... I mean, I'm, I wouldn't trade any of the players that we've talked about, but would it be, I don't know if it would be worth trading for his rights to well, sign. Well, that could him.
1: be interesting, because they're trying to clear space to sign Pietrangelo. Ooh. So, you know, I think but, he, he might end up being, Vince Dunn might end up being a cap casualty. Interesting. I don't know how confident I am in that, but I feel like he could be one of those guys that ends up being um, undervalued by his own team and yeah. moved in order to keep Petrangelo. So yeah, like, I don't know if I would trade Line A or Ellers no, to pick absolutely. up Vince Dunn. No, no, no. That's not but, what I'm saying. But Vince Dunn is very good. So yes, like if the Jets moved something in order to pick up Vince Dunn, uh, that would be fine.
0: Dylan Sandberg for the rights to sign Vince Dunn.
1: See, I don't know about that though, because you're trading a defensive prospect for a, a team that really could use Youngtown on the on the back end.
0: So for the rights to sign Vince Dunn. I guess I don't know. Jansen Harkins for the rights to sign Ben. Okay, Stone. all right. You can you can just. Uh. <laughs> I'm just throwing things out. I'm not saying I would agree to any of these things. I'm just throwing things out there.
1: I, I guess the point of this pod is saying that don't trade good young players because you feel like you have to. Yes, I, I think that I would still. I was going to say that I think I would still rather have the same roster again next year. Mm-hmm. If it meant avoiding a really bad trade of Line A or uh, Ellers, right? I think,
0: the, but I think the Jets have to do something to address this. Like they have to. Oh, they do. But like, I don't. I also yeah. don't know if the free agents are there for them to do this in free agency. Right.
1: And think, the other problem that I was, I was thinking of mid-thought was Line A's contract expiring.
0: Right. Maybe. Well, I guess is maybe hold on to him and see how the season goes, and then if you need to
1: sell him at the trade deadline. Yeah, but I feel like prices are usually higher at over the summer. Hmm. Well, he's also an RFA at the end of his contract, so I don't know what I'm so afraid yeah. of. Okay, are you ready to move on to our final topic of the day? Yeah, I'm. I'm good with that.
0: Okay, so moving away from trade bait, let's talk. Let's talk player grades. Let's continue our run of talking about how individual players did throughout the season. TCJ, who is next on our list? Blake Wheeler.
1: Z. El
0: Capitan.
1: So what did you think of Blake Wheeler this year?
0: I liked him. I thought he was good. And I think he, you know, at some I was very hard on the top 6 at certain points in this season. Um and Blake Wheeler certainly was a part of that. I also think he, he did a good job in filling a lot of the different roles that he was asked to fill. He was playing two c during some of the uh, during some of the season because the jets lack centers, um, even though he 's traditionally a winger, and I thought he did well in both roles. Um, that said, I think you know he 's so tied to Shifley that I think a lot of our analysis is going to be very similar to what we said about Mark Shifley and that his uh, defensive game is lacking as not really Jets Wheeler's forward. Wheeler's
1: one of he was one of the few Jets forwards who was actually good in his own end. Okay, well, what did you think? Well, I mean, I was just looking at the numbers real quick and that Wheeler was you. pretty solid defensively. Um, he's very pretty good on the or on the on the power play. And, okay. uh, other than that, there's not a whole lot to talk about, um, at this point of his career, when it comes to play driving, he's mostly like a power play God and not so much at five on five, but I will say, I really do appreciate his versatility this year. Being able to step into uh plank center whenever it was needed. Yeah. It wasn't, the Jets' plan this year, I don't think. But, um, you know, I, I really... I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for for stuff like that where guys are all of a sudden expected to play a role that they're not usually playing.
0: I, I would say probably the biggest drawback for me was kind of how... And I don't want I don't want to base his entire evaluation on the play-in series, but I think he did disappear in that play-in series.
1: Well, I mean, he was also what playing the one C role when he's not, I mean, that's not who he is. That's not what he is. Right. But I, you know, as you mentioned with
0: the, the pod last week with Brian, uh, you you mentioned, well, when your best players are Andrew cop and Adam Lowry, you know, you're probably not going to do too well. Yeah. And like that, from that angle, I think you would like to see Blake Wheeler make a little bit more of a difference.
1: No, like I, I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, sure. It would have been great for the jets to get more out of Blake Wheeler in, in the play in series. I get that. Uh, I mean that, that play in series was just bad for everyone except for Adam Lowry. Yeah. So I was looking at evolving hockey here and they have Blake Wheeler as the fourth most valuable jets player this year. Okay. Um, Behind Sh- Shifley, Ellers, and Line A. Uh, I'm just looking at their wins above replacement, uh, and I believe it's it's going to be the same for yeah, it's going to be the same for standing standing points above replacement. But yeah, I mean, it, it's still pretty clear to me that Blake Wheeler is still one of their better players. Yes, uh, like like I said, like most of his value now is his defensive play and. His play on the power play because again, power play god Blake Wheeler, but you know there's still there's still a pretty good amount of game left in Blake Wheeler. I I do worry about his contract moving forward. That's not going to be fun to deal with. But you know, for right now, I mean, Blake Wheeler still a pretty decent player.
0: Uh, I give Blake Wheeler a B. I think is where I'm falling with Blake Wheeler.
1: You know, I think the other thing. that I just thought of was, you know, you know, I don't really like to get into the intangible stuff because I think that, you know, the hockey men get into it like way too much, put like way too much value into that sort of deal. They're important though. Right. I mean, like they are important. I get that. And I get that, you know, quote unquote locker room guys are important. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there has to be something to be said about, you know, we, we've talked this year about, how crazy this year has been for the jets yeah between just injuries and like players coming in and out of, of the team but you know just how much you know they had to like reset their entire defense and don't you know like you always talk about how crazy this year was for winnipeg but i think there has to be something to be said about the the captain who keeps the glue together you know the jam I mean, yes, like...
0: Sandpaper.
1: Part of the credit for this team not completely imploding yeah, was Kyle sure. Buck, like, for sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that there has to be something said about uh, Blake Wheeler as a captain for, um, you know, both talking about social justice issues on Twitter lately mm-hmm. and also for, you know, just being a good locker room guy. Good, Better lo- I mean, in presence. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, an actual
0: veteran presence not just somebody the coach says is a veteran presence
1: yeah I, I think i would give wheeler like a like a b like a solid b yeah that's what i said uh, b you know decent guy for his role yeah. on the team right now and uh yeah that's that's kind of where Good. i sit yeah
0: all right
1: so uh is, is this the part where i do the plugs yes okay so you can follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram at grit/ 60 pod you can uh, you should totally follow all of our friends at the hockey podcast network and you can follow me on Twitter at BFArrell 727 uh, I will warn you though I cover college football for my uh, school's paper right now so it's not really a whole lot of hockey content but hey if you're into that uh, you can follow me there and uh you can follow tc on twitter at tc or uh, yeah sorry at tc, <laughs> at, underscore, at tc 904. underscore 904 i almost threw a j in there I'm like no that's that's me but yeah i think that's everything so uh thank you for listening and have a good one Woo!
0: what is up doubles fans it's your boy neil bell piano make sure you check out the Devil's State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. From Taylor Ham or Pork Roll to how much we hate the Rangers, we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo!